What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Son of Crimson is the game for this week's episode. Flynn is a 2D action platformer, and definitely a lot of comparison with games we've talked about before, like Bat Boy and Shovel Knight DNA, as well as games like Cuphead, and a little bit of similarity with Skull the Hero Slayer that we talked about a while back. The game was originally released in September of 2021 on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. The game was developed by Studio Thunderhorse, and they're a small team out of California, so U.S. team. And before this, it looks like they just made a couple mobile games, so I think this might be their first dip into the console market. The game was originally kickstarted in 2017, and they met their goal, but eventually the game became published by Humble Games, which we've talked a lot about recently. They published Eichenfell, as well as games like Dodgeball Academia and A Hat in Time. The game had a physical release in March of 2022 on PS4 and Switch through Super Rare Games. So pretty rare that uh, Super Rare does a PS4 version, but they did it for this. And it was basically a standard edition. Game came in the box and had a nice manual. The game released with an MSRP of $19.99. And that Super Rare Games edition, both the PS4 and the Switch, were available for around 35 US equivalent. Runtime of the game, if you're just running through straight for the story, only doing what you need to to beat the game, probably about seven hours you can get through. But if you want to do extra things, uh, like get all the upgrades, get all of the challenge levels, that could take you over 10. And the game does have a platinum trophy on PlayStation 4 for our PlayStation listeners. Me, I got this on sale for $14.99 on PSN, and I was playing it on my PS5, and I just recently got the Platinum Trophy. Really nice, doable Platinum. Somewhere between 11 and 12 hours it took me, um, and nothing really too challenging. A couple uh, simple combat combinations that were interesting to do, but other than that, uh, really just kind of find everything, get all of the extras. In terms of recommendations, no one really recommended this to me. I just kind of saw it on sale. It looked like a solid action platformer, and I'm always looking for games like that. And there are some interesting mechanics because you actually have like a dog or an animal pet that you uh, use sometimes, and it has some interesting gameplay. And so I saw that and thought uh, that would add a new dimension.
right, let's talk gameplay for Flynn, Son of Crimson. So this is a 2D action platformer, very similar to games that we've seen before. So let's just quickly run through the basics. So you're going to be running back and forth with your joystick. You're going to be able to jump and you're going to be able to do like a dodge roll. And you're going to be able to roll through enemies, which makes combat a lot easier. So they're not blocking you. You can roll through to the other side. And then you'll have an attack. You'll have a melee attack and you'll have a projectile that's like a different spell. I will say the roll and jump combination is really good. It's very smooth. And if you roll into a jump, you get more distance. Uh, so that's something that I noticed right away, just kind of messing around with the controls. And you can ledge grab if you jump up and you get to a little above the platform, like half of your sprite, they'll grab onto the ledge and you can just pop up. And it's also true if you're like coming through a platform through the bottom so that'll be obvious visually overall like i said pretty smooth in terms of combos and transitions as well as attacking and then rolling there's really no delay there so it's kind of fluid progression in this game so the game is going to have levels and you're going to see these levels in like an overworld so format similar to shovel knight bat boy even something like super mario world or the donkey kong country games overall the game is pretty linear but you will have instances where you can go one of two ways, like when you beat a level, um, some of these levels can be beaten twice, much like Super Mario World, and then so when you beat them the different ways, they'll open up different paths. When you are on the overworld, you can highlight the different levels that are available to you, and you'll get information, so the name of the level, and this might be helpful if like a, an NPC mentions a particular location to go to. Also what you'll see is that if a level has multiple exits, and this is interesting because it is very similar to Super Mario World like with the ghost houses, however it tells you when a level has multiple exits and if you haven't gotten them. Each space, there's like little dot paths between the levels, but each space is like a diamond and if there are multiple exits, it like gets colored twice. So there's like an inner diamond and an outer diamond. So visually you can see the difference between a level that has multiple exits and one that only has one. Some of this is going to be like a comeback later mentality. Like you might start the level and there's a path to the left and it's clearly going to involve you having like a different ability or different power. So it's very kind of Metroidvania in that way. So you'll see this. And then that'll be like a helpful cue to you to be like, okay, I'm going to have to access this later. And then for visuals, this is why the map comes in pretty handy because you know if it's multiple exits. And then if you haven't found both of them, you can still see that visually on the space. You'll also see whether there are relics in that level. And there'll be these kind of pictures that are blacked out. Most levels have one relic, some have two. So on the bar that comes up on the menu when you're highlighting the different levels, there might be one relic on one side blacked out or one on each side blacked out. And then once you find that relic in the level, uh, it'll be kind of filled in with the picture of what it is. Some of these levels are going to be villages uh, that are kind of like safe zones. And in fact, one of them is going to be the main hub. And when you're anywhere on the overworld, there's actually a button to go right back to that main hub. Uh, so that's really nice because sometimes you can go far. Um, or like in Donkey Kong Country or in Super Mario World, like you go to another kind of location or another biome and it brings you on another screen. Uh, so it can be kind of an easy go back to the main hub. Sometimes there'll be these timed special levels. I'm not exactly sure what triggers these, but basically what's going to happen is when you get back from a level, all the other levels will be locked and there'll be the screen that pops up and it sends like, oh, there's a scourge in and you have to go do this level. You have to go beat this level now. You can't really do anything until you do that. And then when you go in, it's kind of like a challenge level, which is like a dark version of the normal level. And until you beat that, you won't be able to do anything else. 
in terms of what you're striving to do, there is a main quest that's kind of pushing you along. Essentially, what you need to do is beat these four bosses involving like retrieving the four spirits that are there. Each of them is in like a different biome. Once you do that, you'll have to like return to the main hub and then they'll give you like some exposition about like what's advancing in the story and then where you need to go next or what you still haven't done. When you're in levels, there are really two types of levels. You can have levels with combat and enemies and then you can have levels that are villages that are kind of like these safe zones like we talked about with the main hub. Sometimes you'll have a combination, like it'll start out as a village and then you'll progress onto the next screen and then it'll be like an area with enemies. But let's talk about the combat levels. So when you're in these combat levels, primarily what you're going to be doing is a lot of platforming and the game goes like a side scroll progress and then when you get to the edge of the screen, it'll pop you to the next screen. But you'll be jumping, you'll be doing ledge grabbing, Sometimes there'll be blockages that you have to get out of the way and you might pick up things like bombs or rocks to get rid of these. There may be switches or door unlocks. There's some time switches. And so a lot of your typical platform stuff, sometimes you'll have crumbling platforms or moving platforms, kind of varied challenges here uh, with a lot of the tropes that you've probably seen before. There are some unique levels that only come by like once or twice. Like there are some levels that have like chase scenes, almost like something out of like Crash Bandicoot, like a giant ball is chasing you. There's a level where like you get a special like parachute item that is like pushing you up and there are these wind tunnels or these wind things pushing you up in terms of the enemies and the combat that you're going to come into a lot of what you're doing is kind of swipe swipe and then dodge through and swipe on the other side so it can get a little repetitive with the combat at times you're really just doing the melee attack so it can seem a bit button mashy Uh, you will eventually get actual combos when you upgrade your character But in all honesty, they don't really change much, so the combat can get a little stale. But with the combination of your melee attack and the different projectiles, the elemental projectiles, which we'll talk about, it can get interesting or it can get challenging. But I found that a lot of times it's just like if there's some enemy that is really strong and you don't have a lot of health, it's like you're kind of chipping away and then running away, chipping away and running away. But the placement of the enemies is very similar to something like out of Mega Man or Mega Man X. A lot of those enemies are going to have different ways of hitting you. They'll have melee, uh, they'll have projectiles. A lot of enemies will have both options. So like if you get too far away from them, they'll do their projectile attack. The actual enemies will have advanced versions that you will see kind of repeated. And sometimes they'll have like the same enemies but they'll have like an elemental charge to them Uh, so that adds an interesting wrinkle of gameplay because you'll get different elemental projectiles and you'll have to use them when a specific enemy has a certain elemental affinity to them i said like the placement is sometimes like mega man but sometimes you'll get into these like locked rooms uh, where there'll be like hordes or waves of enemies that come out there's also going to be some levels that are specifically challenge levels where it's like just testing your ability to battle through a lot of enemies. You don't often have to kill enemies. In fact, if you're running through like a scourge level or if you're get trying to get through a level and find a secret or something and you've already been there, a lot of times like I would just roll through enemies and just keep running. There are some times where the path is locked by you 
having to kill an enemy, but more often than not, you can just like kind of skim through some of these levels and not kill the enemies, and it's not really consequential. But it might have an impact on what you're collecting, because a lot of the game is run by this currency, which are these red gems. And you get this from just platforming, you'll see them sitting there, and you jump and get them. Or whenever you kill enemies, you're going to get like a small portion. If you don't need any currency, or you have a lot of currency, you might not feel like killing enemies, or if you're low on health, you might just want to skirt through. You'll also find these red gems in these giant crystals that look like they're in the background but if you swing and hit them a couple times they'll burst and then they'll send all the gems to you in general what i like about the gems is that when you kill an enemy or hit a crystal they automatically come to you so it's only the ones that are sitting there in the platforming level that you really need to actually touch to get them. You'll also see white crystals that you can break, and this has to do with healing mechanic, which we'll talk about in a little bit with your character. And then you'll also find these relics, and sometimes these are out in plain sight, and you need to like find a way to get to them. Sometimes these are behind like secret walls, and the game introduces this to you, I think, pretty well in maybe the first level, where if you just keep walking on certain walls, like you'll walk through them. As I'm playing through these levels I'm doing a lot of testing anytime I feel like oh this is a nice corner where I feel like this might be a secret wall like I'm just always walking up against walls to see if they're there sometimes these relics are just things to collect and I'll talk about what you do with them but sometimes these are actual keys that you use in other levels like in that biome area so if you see a level that has like multiple exits and then you go in sometimes you'll see a door with a giant key lock that's like a specific color that's trying to tell you that somewhere in the area of the levels around this there's a relic that's a key and once you get it you come back here and that'll be one of your exits for that level or it'll take you to another part of that level like i said there's also like safe levels uh, sometimes they're just random villages or it's the main hub which is like the main village that you go to in these safe levels you see a lot of NPCs so you can just walk up to them and talk to them for the most part they're going to give you kind of vague storytelling or a little bit of exposition or sometimes just like silly banter but other times you'll get side quests sometimes it might be collection related like in the main hub your relics you come here and you can actually sell them to get gems but what's interesting is that when you're in a village and there are NPCs like to talk to that have quests or whatever, there'll be like a red exclamation point and like a sign with it that's kind of pointing in the direction where that person is. So like if someone has a new part to their quest, like it'll tell you like, hey, over here. In terms of your character, there is an upgrade or skill tree. And it's interesting because I feel like it comes in kind of late. Like you wind up beating like six or seven levels before you're even allowed to use this. I, in the first few levels, I was, you know, hitting these gems and collecting a lot of these red gems. And I was like, I hope there's something I can do with this because it's kind of been a while and no one's really explained anything. And I was really racking them up. But eventually once you get the ability to start to purchase these upgrades it's really cool a lot of the different things that you can get so there are like things that can boost your weapon attack give you specific combos if you're using a weapon and you hit the button like three times it's a specific combo or four times and then sometimes you'll get special attacks where you press a directional movement with your melee swipe and it'll start like a special combo and ultimately what some of these special moves 
are going to be enabled by is a special meter that's going to be on your screen. And anytime you hit or kill enemies, uh, you can sometimes get a boost to this meter. And once it's full, you'll actually see a prompt to hit two of the trigger buttons at the same time. And this is like right out of God of War. It's like you're going Spartan mode. This meter can be used to do some special moves. But when you use it, like you'll see divisions in the meter. So anytime you use a special move, like it'll go down a meter. So you're using it. But if you charge it all the way up, then you can turn into, you know, full Spartan or full Crimson mode or whatever. And then once you use it, the meter will slowly just kind of deplete. And then you're in like this semi-invincible mode where you can hit enemies super quickly and you can't turn it off and like save it i found that like once i killed all the enemies in the area i tried to turn it off and it just depletes the meter all the way down so you might as well just pick and choose when you want to use that mode and then just be ready to kill a ton of enemies and drain it all the way down like i said there's also a healing mechanic what this looks like is below like your health meter where you have your hearts you'll see like these connected circles that are in like a separate kind of meter. And anytime you have a full circle, it'll be kind of colored in with white. And there'll be a number next to that meter that says like, if you have a full charge. So when you're finding these white crystals out in these levels, what happens is you break them and then they'll fill up that healing meter. And so if you have one or two or three, like that's how many charges you have that can heal you. Initially, like if you hit it and you have it like one full, it'll give you like two hearts back. But when you upgrade your character, what you can do is like you can upgrade how many charges that you have in that meter or how many hit points it heals you anytime you use it. So it's really interesting how this mechanic works uh, because what happens is much like in like a Dark Souls game, when you hit the healing mechanic, like it takes a second for them to cast the healing. I've had times where I've tried to run off to the side and hit heal but an enemy was chasing me, so it wound up hitting me while I was healing. It only takes a second, but it's an interesting timing to kind of get down in your repertoire. As you progress through the game, you're going to get other weapons. There's really only three in total. You start out with just a normal sword, and you eventually get a giant axe, and then you get claws. So it's like heavy, medium, and then like really fast. The combos that you purchase in the upgrade system are going to apply to each weapon, uh, but they'll look differently or they'll have a different kind of cadence. But you can kind of easily cycle through the different weapons, like live in combat, which is really nice. And you'll also have the same thing going on with your spell projectile. So I'm playing on PlayStation, and square is going to be the melee button. And then I think L2 is to shoot your uh, spell projectile. But R1 cycles through the different weapons. And then L1 cycles through the different spell projectiles. If you just do the normal, like hit the spell projectile quickly, it'll be the same. But eventually you're going to get a charge up for that. And when it charges up kind of like, you know, Mega Man or Mega Man X, like the buster, it'll like shoot a bigger thing. But when you get access to different elements, when you cycle through, like eventually you'll get like an ice shot or like a lightning shot or like pure fire shot or something like that. And this is what comes in when you're seeing different enemies that are different elemental affinities. Eventually you'll start to see lightning enemies. And what happens is you need to hit them with lightning to like 
like remove the lightning charge. So there's a lot of quick swapping when it comes to weapons. It's really up to you for preference. Once I got the claws, I was all in because they're super quick, but um, you might want to use the battle axe because it hits heavy and it kind of pushes enemies back. And in terms of pacing and accessibility, like I said, it's a slow opening to the skill tree. It kind of left me feeling weird after the first 45 minutes to an hour not knowing what I was doing, but eventually uh, I got the hang of it and then I got the skill tree and I really jumped into it. With the map, like I said, it's kind of branches off and if there's something that you missed in a level, you can always go back. Uh, so the replay options, especially that Metroidvania, when you realize like, oh, I got this move, now I can go back to that level that had another exit and I didn't get to. For the most part in this game, there's a marker for where to go. Like I said, if you're in a hub like or a village or something like that and there's an NPC with a quest, it's easy to know like what direction to go to once you get into the level. But also when you're on the overworld and there's a specific place you now need to go, there is a red exclamation point there guiding you in the direction. So it's never really that you're lost on where to go. But even if there isn't a red exclamation point at times, you just kind of need to progress in the levels that are available and keep going because the main path is linear. In terms of difficulty, there are three options, easy, normal, and hard. I play through on normal. It's a fair challenge. It does not affect the trophies, so it's really up to you. But there actually is a mode in the menu where you can get no player damage. You can just kind of click that. So if you just want to run through the story or, or just get through the game a lot quicker, uh, you can always click that. And I don't think that affects the trophies either. The game saves automatically whenever you beat a level and come back to the overworld. So that's nice. You don't really have to think about that. And in terms of extras, there's a lot of extra things to do in this game. Like I said, I got the Platinum Trophy in 12 hours, and really all I had to do was collect all the relics, fully upgrade the character, uh, beat all the challenge levels. So I, it's really doable in terms of extra content. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. You can get through the main game pretty quickly. But if you are doing the collectathon or trying to get that Platinum Trophy, what I really like is that if you're like relic hunting and you need to go back to a level, once you go into that level and you find the relic, you can easily just leave, return to map, and you'll keep the relic. Um, so if it's like a long level and you don't want to play it again, you can kind of go easy in and out and get all those collectibles. Let's talk about the vibe of Flynn, Son of Crimson. So visually, this game is cute. It's pixelated. It's very colorful. Your main character is Son of Crimson, and his hair is red, and the sword is red. It's got flames on it. And then once you get into, like, the different elemental spells or the different enemies that are elementally charged, like, you can really see that popping, that color, or that glowing. And there's, like, an outline of the sprites, especially when they're elementally charged, which makes it really kind of obvious when you see them. I think the platform forms in the level are pretty easy to read especially if there's one that you can jump through and ledge grab uh, the backgrounds are interesting sometimes they really stood out to me sometimes they kind of blended in but overall I feel like the environment was really nice and detailed especially things like platforms whether they're crumbling whether they're floating enemies are really well rendered I like the different visuals like they're these elf enemies like with these big noses 
um, and they really come through. You can really see them. They're kind of grisly looking. When enemies attack, it's also really good visually because sometimes they'll flash or sometimes like you'll really see their move prep or like their wind up so you can dodge accordingly. And same thing goes for boss moves. There are bosses in this game that are kind of like these challenge levels or like when you walk in and like the room closes off, that's kind of like a horde or a rush. But sometimes it'll be like a one enemy that's attacking you. Sometimes like they'll do big moves where it's like there's a wind up or like they're off screen and they're shooting in and you'll see like an exclamation point popping up that's like, hey, you need to dodge here or like there's an AOE attack coming here. And whenever you bring back one of the spirits to the hub, there is like a nice little comic book scene that's interesting because there's no words and so it just kind of pushes along and hopefully you can see what's going on although sometimes the visuals in those scenes aren't quite obvious in terms of audio i love the music in this game it's really amazing super cheery like a pep in your step on an adventure like hints of flute or a harp or a piano a really nice and well done especially on the overworld it reminds me a lot of fell seal arbiter's mark which we've talked about a bunch and in terms of sound effects this is also really good nice and telling like if you're swiping the sword or you're doing your charge shot you can hear it kind of power up so you even know when to release it when it's fully powered up and in terms of setting and story I feel like it just dives right in. There's really no spoon feeding. There's not a ton of exposition. Even if you're talking to NPCs, like it's very light. It's not like trying to dump all this story on you. And also with NPCs, like, you know, some reoccurring silliness. You'll see some characters that pop up here and there. But really, it's kind of a basic plot. It's like a good versus evil. Like there's this dark scourge and you're trying to eliminate it. But it doesn't really give any like grave moral context or anything like that. It's, I feel like, self aware in this way because it's like, yeah, you know the story. Like, there's some evil stuff. You're going to try to clear it out, and and that's that. But there's also an interesting idea of, like, it being a communal land. Like, you do go to different biomes, but anytime you go to a village, even if it's in a different biome, it's like everybody knows you. They know who you are. It's like, oh, I didn't expect to see you all the way up here. I'm like, I didn't even know how far this was from where I started. So, And your character as well is, like, the son of a god and a goddess. Whenever you beat a level, there's a statue at the end which I think is a statue of your mother, and sometimes she talks to you like after you beat a level or something like that. And the other thing that we didn't really talk about is that there is a giant dog called Dex, and as you advance through the game, you kind of power up that dog. Uh, and I didn't really talk about the gameplay with it because it's kind of the second half or like the last third of the game that you actually get to use it. But it's really interesting lore-wise because there's just like this dog that's, I guess, the guardian. I don't know if it's the guardian of you or like your parents or the gods. So it's really interesting how that all kind of blends in. But still, it's not really you know super detailed or super explained. It's just kind of like, you know, here's the reality of this story. And I like that because that simplicity kind of keeps you grounded and it keeps you just like hey I'm gonna punch through this game and you know I really like kind of the surface level content and you know we're just kind of along for the ride
All right, let's wrap up the conversation about Flynn, Son of Crimson. I feel like this is a solid 2D platformer. You know, it's not something that I would put above, like Bat Boy or Shovel Knight or anything like that. But it's cute, it's colorful, it's a real simple story in a small land, good versus evil story. Not really hitting you over the head with that. It's not like trying to put a moral compass on you. It's just like, you know, here's the reality. Do some solid gameplay along the way. I feel like it's a good variety of platforming. Like I said, the combat is maybe a bit mashy. But I like that you can switch through weapons, you can switch through spells. There were some tough challenges, a lot of instances where you had to do some quick swapping of things, whether it's to like get past a certain area or deal with a certain enemy. Even some of the platform challenges or some of the challenge levels, you know, I died a couple times. In terms of a platinum trophy, I feel like it's fairly easy. Even getting the 101%, I feel like didn't take me that long doing the extras, you know, beating all the challenge levels. In terms of value, I feel like $20 isn't bad for this. I feel like it is a bit more bloated than something like Bat Boy. Maybe for better, maybe for worse, I'm not sure. I feel like the upgrade system is good. I like that that's there. Towards the end, it was like I, I didn't really need some of them, but along the way, it was nice to have sort of different combos or different powers. I feel like on sale for 15 is perfect for this, a really great value. But overall, I feel like it's a nice game. Definitely if you're someone who's a trophy hunter, uh, this is a nice platinum to get and not too much of a time investment and a really nice game. And so I highly recommend it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.